Man, I didn't I didn't realize that Pedro brought us to Tristana's home world to murder to Tristana. Her. <laughs> yeah. We're here at the start where the words fall apart. Where language is lost in the wind. The syllables sway in an ancient ballet. The meaningless sounds that we sing. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Before we jump into this episode, I'd like to let you know that there's some news about me and my personal health that's important. I think it's important to let you all know about. However, it's heavy stuff, and I believe in making sure that listening to the podcast should be fun, and it should be an escape from the worries of the real world as much as you want it to be. So I'm putting a link to the information in the show notes. As you have time, I ask you to take a look. But for now, feel free to simply enjoy this episode, which we've named A Chumps 20. If you don't remember what happened last time, I got you. Keep listening and uh, it should sound real familiar real fast. Here we go. Well, I'm at zero hit points. Yep. So it runs you through and it has the effect of a grapple as it runs one of those twisted sharp angles that it has into your shoulder and lifts you up. Tristana turns into a rag doll and Hikari disappears. So the Bearkin turns, and he's still in this uh, horrible rage. He's able to turn and focus on uh, protecting Mabel this time, and he shatters another one of them. There's one on Vernon, and it rolls not anywhere near enough as it, um, it also has this kind of like these impaling uh, attacks that try to rip into your armor, but they can't make it through. And then after that, there's only two left, and um, it's Vernon's turn. Uh, I am going to try to... You said the one has Tristana impaled, and it's like acting like it's going to fly away with her? We don't know what it's going to do. Well, I want to grab her and recover her from the thing. Is it just a strength check? Um, It's an athletic check. Oh, that's nice. Should it be all right if I rolled good, though? Um, Just a 12. Well, let me roll it to happen. Maybe you'll roll an 11. (laughs) Peter's like, I don't roll bitch rolls. That's Nathan. Roll, Ben, roll, Ben. You rolled a six earlier. I rolled a three. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Look at that. If I've got her in my hands, then while I've got her, can I lay on hands? Here's, yes, you can. So here's what happens. You rip her off, and she fails her first death save. But then... I'll give her 10 hit points. All right. What does it look like when you cast it? Um, It's the um, sort of uh, bright golden light uh, that hasn't been seen for, from Vernon in a long time. Tristana suddenly... is a magical place, except for Mabel. Speaking of, Mabel? Wow. <laughs> Too soon. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Fucking, you know, thought about healing you. I see how it's going to be, you fish. No. <laughs> uh, okay. I can't do any of this shit. 
All right. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. I just had a little cough. <laughs> I mean, I guess. From all the blood. I, guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just had a little cough from Sorry. all the blood. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Mabel will rush over and, and give her a. She'll give her a level. Level two cure wounds. Okay. So that's 14 health back. I'll give I'll give Tristana Tristana's having a rough time. She'll 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 tinkle her little bell and give her an inspiration D10. Oh, nice. So going strong, Mabel. New round. So Ooh. Tristana, you have a Who new life on you have a new lease on life. You can't find Hikari anywhere. Well, uh, no, I know what happened. You know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I uh <coughs> cough up a little not blood. <laughs> And look around, and uh, I'm gonna resummon Hikari, burn another three astral dice to resummon Hikari with half hit points. Yep. So she bursts into the scene in a big way. Can I use my inspiration that she gave me with Hikari? Yeah. Because I don't really roll to attack. Yep. I might save it for some saving throw. Oh, so you can use it for a saving throw, though. Yeah. And you keep failing. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Listen, I only you know. failed one, and that's because I was dead. <laughs> um, man, uh, I kind of want to just cure wounds myself. Get that money. Just gotta do me. All right, so that was nine... Cure points. <laughs> Cure points. Now I have to do math. <laughs> can I move? If I did a bonus action of summoning Hikari, can I move? Yeah. I don't remember the action economy of this. Okay, I would like to move away from my death spot slash <laughs> <laughs> death giver. It is going to take an opportunity attack. Yeah. What? 19 is a hit. 10 yeah, damage. I'll <laughs> I'll play Pathfinder, and everybody else can play the petition. Ten damage? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. This and is fine. You are impaled. Oh, my God. Again. This is fine. Oh, God. Who needs a spleen? Am I right? What does it do, anyway? Paddington charges to your defense. Screaming. Uh, almost uh, foaming at the mouth. And so he comes up from behind. And... Sh I uh, Shatters it from behind. Like he he Man. brings this brutal fist into its back, and then all the metal shatters. We just need to stall and let Paddington do it all. Paddington's doing fucking work, <laughs> doing man. Work. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, Paddington's gotten all the kills so far. <laughs> I did so much damage to them and also myself. You did. Wait, MVP, MV Paddington. Most valuable Paddington. I rode an 11. The other one that was attacking Vernon is focusing on you instead. On me? Of course. Aren't Even you? though I moved out of the way, away from them. Do I, do I get an attack of opportunity when they move away from me? It stretched its attack. Mm. He watches it kind of bends and just elongates. Well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> All cutting. <laughs> Broken Man, dice roller. I didn't realize that Pedro brought us to Tristana's home world to murder to Tristana. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'll, I'll cutting words that one again. So that's a minus seven. Minus seven. Yeah. So you, it, you threw it off completely as it turns to look at you and it looks very focused. I just out of still. Um, so there's just one left, right? I'm, I, I'm going to do my best. I, let's see what happens. Oh shit. Oh, who knows where that went? Oh, hey, I rolled a 19. So, altogether, that's a 27. Eh. Only 11 damage. Yeah, so you watch as yeah, you're twisting metal, but it has yet to succumb to your blows. Anything else? I want to move towards Tristana in case it starts to move her away again. I want to try to stay near. Thanks, bro. Mabel. Mabel will take out her trusty rapier and run at the one that's attacking Tristana currently. Thanks, my bro. It's a 16 to hit. It's a hit. It's exactly the hit. AC 16. Dope. Okay, and then that is nine damage to it with the rapier. You watch as most of the metal starts to fall apart and it's trying to hold itself together. Tristana, new round, new you. Yeah, I'm gonna have Hikari go first and slice it. Uh, 20. Not a natural 20, just a a chump's 20. (laughs) A chump's 20. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? I rolled four, four damage. So you watch his, yeah, Hikari slices through it. Yep, and then it falls and scatters and finds pieces of itself scattered to the uh, effects of gravity. So we're on a 10-foot-wide walkway with no railing suspended in the air? Yep. These are natural stonework pathways that connect the two mountains. Vernon suddenly looks very green. The the barrican comes up to you and says, Thank you so so much as it's trying to, it seems like he's trying to get control of himself again. What were those things? I've never seen anything like that before. The Bearkin looks at Mabel and neither one of you have ever heard or seen of anything like this on Rolanus ever in your life. I don't know. I've, I've heard a lot of stories and read a lot of books and I have never, ever heard of those things. <sighs> they are crazy. Well, what a welcome home. I'm very... I'm very grateful for your your assistance, but um, and he looks around. Where, where did you come you? from? Yeah, well, that's that way. Yeah. I point behind us. Were you, were you following? We need to get us? off this pathway before more come. Oh yeah. And with that, uh, Paddington leads you guys for where what he thinks is forward. I guess apparently they've been traveling somewhere because, and they get you off the off the pathways and takes a while you got to run and you've got to really hold your own against the winds but you're able to clear the pathways and find yourself in a small tunnel uh in one of the mountains where he hunkers down and sits down immediately uh, vernon is a pale clammy mess by the time you get there so i'm tristana and this is vernon this is hikari paddington paddington mills uh, i am mabel Fieselbell. Mabel? Well, that was easy. Aren't, aren't these who we're looking for? Yeah, she whispers to Vernon. We were thinking of him and we found him that easy. You were looking for us? 
Why do you want Mabel? It's okay. And you. What for? We were told that you both survived. Many times. Overall, yes, we are still alive. But but recently you survived Mercurius. That Paddington gets quiet and pulls back. Yeah, Mabel's like probably expression like gets a little more serious and grim. What? What do you know about the Mercurius? We're tr- we came to get any guidance that you can offer. How did you get here? Mabel and I have been traveling here for for months. Patch sent us it's on right. the on the tree. What what does what what does he go by in Rolanus? Knox. Uh Tristana looks at Paddington and says, Knox. Knox sent us. Knox sent you? Paddington looks oh. a bit more uh intrigued, <laughs> impressed, frightened. So you what what do you want from us about Mercurius, you said? Well, we <clears throat> we understand that you survived Mercurius after it fell, and we also understand that you are not lucid dreamers. <sighs> no, we are not, and it was the hardest thing we have ever done, I think. We are lucid dreamers, and we are trying to reclaim Mercurius. But we came to find you um, to see if there was anything that you maybe knew of that could help. Paddington stands up at this point and he says, there's a lot to take in here. You're asking us to talk about something I don't think either one of us ever planned on talking about again. Now, we owe you a debt. There is no doubt about that. However, we're also on a very important journey. Help us get to where we're going, and we'll tell you everything we w- that you want to know. Cool, where are you going? We're trying to find Hobson. Last we left off with Greg, he had found himself before a um, somewhat interesting uh, cave entrance, I believe. And it was under the uh, a full uh, a canopy of stars. And he had just kind of left the quintel to discuss what seemed like some pretty heavy man, uh, he- some pretty heavy matters. Now, what are your thoughts as you kind of make your way towards this cave? Are you trying to go inside? Are you just kind of sitting outside on a stump somewhere? What are you up to? Um, right now he's just kind of outside, um, kind of kind of curious what it is. Maybe, um, like is it for animals or like what is it? So maybe just like look around it a little bit. Um, you're not quite sure. Um, but as you kind of stay outside for a bit, um, you could roll history to see if you could determine anything about what you're looking at. Uh, ten. Unfamiliar with it. Maybe it's because you're not from this world, or mm, makes sense. Makes sense. Does it? Can I? Can I see like? Are there, like, animal tracks around at least? Can I see that at least, or...? If you wanted to, you could roll perception on that. 
Yeah, just see, just to see, like, are there tracks leading into here, or... Uh, 15. No, mysteriously, there seems to be no wildlife that kind of gathers around it. Huh. This is weird. Is it, like, look really dark in there? Like, is it, how big is, like, the cave opening? Uh, it's pretty expansive. It's about 15 feet in uh, diameter. I'll take a step in and kind of, like, look. Is there anything, like, on the walls? Uh... You kind of peek in, you take a look around, and the first thing that you notice are the etchings of what might seem kind of confusing at first, at least maybe for Greg, but it doesn't take long for you to uh, realize you're looking at the etchings of constellations. Oh. Now you can do another history check with advantage. Uh, 19. You're beginning... To recall what this might be, this might in fact be an incredibly important aspect of Dreamwalker's lore. Long ago, a dwarf of some legendary proportions named Brummelstone, he had originally met the Quintel. You weren't sure what world it was on, but it might very well be this world. He met with them and spent years speaking with them and teaching them the ways of lucid dreaming. And legend has it that one day he left them with an in, some sort of inspirational message. You don't remember that part. It was whatever. But <laughs> afterwards, he wandered into the Cavern of Stars, this very cave. And it was from there that supposedly he was able to find a way to wander to Stardust itself. Yeah, he'll, he'll, like, go up and kind of, like, maybe run his fingers across the etchings, just kind of admiring them a bit. You're going to rub them down. Him. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know the rules of museums. <laughs> no touching! I'd like to appropriate this culture. <laughs> you hear someone kind of clear their throat behind you. Uh, what? He'll turn around. You can see kind of coming up from over um, just a little bit of the, the uh, over the hill a little bit uh, cloaked up kind of protecting themselves from the cold of the uh, the chill of the night it looks to be those um, those two quintels you had met earlier originally when you uh, stumbled your way into the world of the path oh uh, you guys done talking already and they look at each other and um uh, one of them, uh, the one that named Eleanor, says it. Um, it didn't take long. It wasn't very much of a chat. So they're all going off. They kind of look at each other, and um, Tompkins speaks up, and he says, uh, "Yeah, um, we had a council from uh, each of the what you might lazily call the core worlds, and." Um, it was unanimous. So they're just leaving and not coming back? Each world has decided that um, it's time to move on. I mean, do you guys even know what... Do they even know where they're going? They do. They've um, talked a lot and they've they've picked out a world they think is going to suit them pretty well. So um, pretty soon, <sighs> word's going to get out. And um, 
Yeah. I mean, just to the other Quintel, I take it. Yes, yes. Um, Nobody else can go with them. No, no, just the Quintel. I mean... I thought it'd be a harder decision, to be honest. I mean... It kind of shrugs. I mean, yeah, you're leaving everything behind. I mean, you got all these worlds, all these people. I'm sure they got to have friends from you that aren't Quinto. There's not a lot of faith that things aren't going to go horribly wrong. I mean, what what if we do save things? I mean, what would they come back? I mean, to be honest, and he looks at you, I don't think they're going to take everything... And then come right back. So what, just... There's going to be no Quintel left? They kind of look at each other. And they saw... Tompkins says, I think there's going to be a day... People are going to wonder... Whatever happened to the Quintel. Uh, Were they ever even really real? Yeah, wow. Are they leaving right away? It's going to take some time. Maybe we can save it before they all leave, you know? Eleanor kind of smiles. Maybe. Are are, are you going? It's kind of a bit of silence, and Tompkins says, uh... What do you need from us? Well, we're not sure how things are going to go, obviously, but we we need to try to take back Mercurius because the longer the nightmares have Mercurius, that the worse things are just going to get. So our, our plan, as far as I know, is we're going to go for Mercurius and. If we can manage to take it back, we're going to need somebody who can rebuild it, make it back to what it was or something better, maybe. And if for some reason we can't save it, then we might need you to rebuild something else. You should know that not every world has the capacity to be rebuilt. Which ones don't? Are you familiar with Inavasa? I mean, I've he- I've heard of it, but I-, I don't know too too much about it. That world. Um, there's a there's there's something that every world requires to be rebuilt. There's a certain structure that every world follows. Inavasa lacks that structure. If that world falls. It's gone. Not only that, but... I haven't been back in the game too long, but... You know, rebuilding a world... Obviously no easy task. And it requires a lot of preparation. I mean... I think the problem is... Can you rebuild a world that's not destroyed? What I mean by that is... I remember a bit about the nightmares. I don't remember them being 
too big on the annihilation part. They seem much more um, focused on the um, the torturing part. Yeah, so that's true. There's no rebuilding a world that's not gone. What if... Do you see what I mean? Can you make something new? Eleanor kind of looks at him really interested. She's, she's never really thought about it. And he says, um... Jeez, I mean... I don't know. It's really... It's really important to, to be to be upfront with you. I'm not... I'm not my parents... And I'm not the people before them. Like, I am... Um, I have been a part of a, a little bit of a reconstruction, let's call it. But um, I've never been, like, the foreman. Kind of shrugs. I've I've never tried to make a world. I don't, I don't know what I'm capable of. So you might be. That's, that's exactly where I was going. It just kind of looks confused. <laughs> I totally mean, might be able to completely do it. That's, I mean, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it has a lot, but it's possibility, maybe? Sure. Let's say that we just filled the glass up, but we didn't do it all the way. Let's, let's, yeah. Um, I just want to have us prepared <laughs> for all the right, eventualities. Right. Um... I just, I'm just trying to be positive, you know. Maybe we can make something new if we have to, or, you know. I um, I just want to get like, I want to be able to like, I want to be able to frame this picture right so that I can get all the edges on it. Are we, are we asking me to like, if you guys screw up, that I make like a new world where we all go and hang well. out? Cause like, I feel like maybe we've been a little too um reluctant to share details but there's other worlds the idea that like if something bad happens you would rather me make a whole new special planet for you rather than us just find one of the other worlds <laughs> it's a it's a big ask I, I mean, i'll be honest i don't think we were super aware of all the other worlds so that could be oh. uh part of it oh well then don't tell anyone I don't know how secret all well, this is. I mean, is it really important if it comes down to people's survival? Oh, it sounds like they're all going to die the secrets? if you fail. Right? Like, so it's just a couple of you left, and then you like, go on a personal planet? No, I don't know. I, hey, I'm with you, buddy. I'm, right now. <laughs> we're on this I don't know boat together. <laughs> I just, I know that... And Eleanor steps forward and says, I just, at the end, we don't really know what you're asking us. We're not, we're not necessarily prepared to keep running, but we got to know why we're staying. I mean, because not everybody, not everybody can leave and go to the other world. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Not morally. I just mean like... Oh. <laughs> Functionally, morally, we'll never give up the fight or whatever that means. Functionally, there's a big difference between giving us swords 
and having us start drawing up blueprints. I mean, functionally, I think for one thing, because you built Mercurius, right? And Tompkins uh, looks down and he says, I, um, I did. But it's a lot different building something in the dreaming. If you're asking no, no, me to build, point. Oh, well, I'm just saying, if you're asking me to build something in the dreaming, that's completely different than building a world. What's what's that? So how is that different? Can you explain uh, what? So what can you do in the dreaming? Well, I mean, the difference between the dreaming and the waking. Um, if it's in the dreaming, I'm relying a lot more um, on the ability to shape and give conscious thought and consistency to the, um, I think like what I would call the gobbledygook, professionally speaking, of the dreaming. Whereas um, the waking carries with it a whole different set of rules and therefore ramifications. So for instance, um, oh, let me think how to put this entities and, and existences within within like the dreaming they don't die they just kind of stay they just kind of have like a kind of a forever in them right whereas like there's a whole set of rules on each of the worlds when it comes to what happens when you die and it seems to be different on every world wait it's different on every world yeah I guess, well, you guys, oh. yeah, I guess you would know. Um, yeah, so for instance, on, on some worlds, the only way to come back is uh, through the, um, the kind of the, the structures known as the churches. But there's like uh -huh. a whole nother world where if you die, the only way to come back is through the rebirth of the planet. The rebirth of a planet? Planet's dying? It's a whole thing, yeah. Um, it all just depends on, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's different meanings and rules and structures based on the worlds. It's way more complicated. Like, Mercurius is pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. But, oh, yeah. um, everything on the dreaming kind of follows the same rules. Like, for instance, with the nightmares, right? Like, the nightmares, they don't have, like, names. They're not, you know, it's not like Bob and Craig and Larry. Like, it's all one kind of mass, one existence. And so when you kill them, you're not, you're not whittling their numbers down. They just kind of back into existence. Because it's just the nightmares are a a, a thing. Uh, again, professionally speaking, a boogity bop, right? Like instead of like the gobbledygook, they're kind of separate, they're like a boogity bop. So yep, they yep. are something else Check completely out. entirely uh, separate, but still kind of endless. Here, I mean, most of the things that die here have some kind of spirit or existence or soul. And with that comes all sorts of rules. Like I said, it's all based on the world. It's based on the amount of um, 
pre-existing conditions that were set upon it by certain people or by the architects that came before me. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's completely separate. So the idea of like me making a brand new world, I would at least need to have a couple like committees. <laughs> Um, And I don't know that I have, there needs to be enough. So remember I said about the structures that need to be in place. Rebuilding a world is very different than creating something new because to create something new, I need those structures. And I don't know that I know how to write those structures. Like the last time I was involved with a project, last time I got hired on for some freelance, let's call it, there was a lot of structure in place. And most importantly, mm-hmm. there was the key ingredient in place. And I was able to use that key ingredient plus a bunch of other stuff and some um, some really hard work um, that was done before me to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that was very difficult. Oh. So... Again, like there's other worlds. Did, I mean, did Tompkins rebuild Rolanus? He did. Is that what he's yeah. referring yeah. to? Okay. Yeah. 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 Fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. Yeah, I know. You're right. It was all Callie's fault. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a. I just want to make sure. Like Eleanor said, that we know what we're getting into, what we're being asked of, because well, it's a it's a long journey to where everyone's going, and it's difficult. And if I don't know why we're staying, you know, I don't want to sound like a coward, but if we don't have a really good plan then I'm going to head out. And that's honestly, and he looks over Eleanor and he says, because there's just, of all the things that I care about in the world, or the worlds, most important is is you, Eleanor. She kind of looks over at him too and he says like, made myself a promise a long time ago that I would never ever mess this up. Not again. That's really sweet. I'm just not going to put ourselves in a situation where we're in danger without a plan, without a reason. So if you're asking me to be ready to build a new world... We've got to have a lot of stuff ready. If you're asking me to be ready to rebuild Mercurius, I understand that line of thinking a lot more, I suppose. But there's no point in rebuilding a Mercurius if we lose Mercurius. Because, (laughs) I mean, it means we lost. Well... I know you, you built Mercurius, so I think the other thing we, we just thought that maybe you could help with is, I mean, one, you know how Mercurius works. Maybe you've got some ideas on infiltrating, but also, 
as far as we know, Mercurius is very... I mean, the nightmares have a hold of it. You know, it's it's unstable. We're not sure how much control we're going to have over it, but you can you can make things happen. I mean, you you said you it's you've got you know abilities better in the dreaming. I think one of the thoughts we had was maybe if you were there with us, maybe you would be able to like I don't know override some of the the nightmares control he looks like he wants to say something but eleanor puts her hand on his shoulder and she says he can he you can he can he doesn't he doesn't think he can but he um he he could set mercurius straight if he had to and he looks like he wants to argue that he doesn't fight it. And he says, well, there is one more thing about it, though. Do you know if they've taken the tower? I mean, we can't be 100% sure because none of us have been there, but it seems like they might have. As long as they possess the tower, it's their, it's their field. So we gotta take that first. If we're gonna have any hope. We're gonna have to. I mean, I can, I can help us get there. Oh, and he looks like he's sick to his stomach as he admits this. If I'm with you, I can keep you somewhat safe, or at least stable. But um, yeah, if we're gonna have any real hopes. We have to get to the tower and take that back. And I have no idea what that means. Yeah. You and me both, buddy. If we can take the tower first, maybe we've got a shot. Eleanor says once we get inside the tower, we can lock it down. And whatever Tompkins can do for you, he can do it just fine inside the tower. That'd be great. Yeah. So we just got to keep you safe to the tower. Okay. All right. So, that's a good plan. I mean, are you... I know it's a lot to ask. I know it's going to be dangerous. At the very least, you know, we... We could keep your Eleanor here at the tavern. She could stay safe there. Oh, it feels wrong. And somewhat dismissive to, to force you, uh into the tavern and out of this story, but I do think that it might be the safest. And um, Eleanor ponders it for a second and says, I, I hate, I hate the idea of sending you off on your own. But you said the, the barkeeper's safe, right? And Tompkins nods and says, there's no one safer. And she looks at Tompkins and he says, um, how many of us are there? Oh, well, there's me, there's Tristana, So Vernon. not a lot. I mean, if you're counting uh, off on... Well, I mean, yeah, it's not, not a okay, ton. Great, great. A few handfuls of people, probably. Patch is kind of busy. He's got to keep stardust, I think he said. He's a little hopeful when he says this, and he says, um, 
Never met any other adventuring groups? Um, I mean, kind of run across a few. I don't know if they're, they're lucids. Yeah? Anyone? Yeah. Um, anyone I would know? I, I mean, I don't know how, how much you know. You, I, I thought you spent most of your time in the, in the Curious, right? Yeah, I mean, probably, probably not. Um, you, any names of groups or something? Maybe I heard of them. I don't remember. Ah, well, sorry. He uh, reaches into his uh, pouch and he looks like he's rubbing something. You kind of hear like the clatter of coins, but. He doesn't say anything more than that. Um, well, all right, I guess. It sounds like we have a plan. Um, now what? Well, I think now, uh, we go back to... I think we go back to the tavern. I'm pretty sure that's where we're supposed to meet up. Do you have a way back to the tavern? Uh, well, I think... I mean, we can just sleep, can we? You guys are lucid, right? Yeah, it's harder to get to the tavern than that usually, but... Is it? Okay. I mean, you guys are lucid, right? That's... Yeah, yeah, no, we're I good. We okay, got okay, this. okay. Yeah. Um, alright, I guess we'll sleep then. Um... I like... I like that you're standing in the mouth of, of, yeah. of the Stardust Cave. I'm, I'm not saying it. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about it, but here, I'll, I'll roll to see if Greg realizes. No, no, no. No, no. I love okay. it. It plays so well. Okay. No, it's like Greg's just like, oh, it's a really pretty cave. All right, so we're going to go to sleep now. Yeah, so Tompkins walks over and sits inside the mouth of the cave and says, all right. And he kind of slumps down. And Eleanor looks at him confused and he goes, shh, shh. <laughs> Greg, Greg is gonna like walk in he's just like I mean it seems pretty fitting to to go there from here it's yeah they're both just staring at you with the exact same look that kind of look <laughs> that can is just like baffled <laughs> but the they're able to carry the exact same facial expression the way that any couple who's been together long enough is able to do they're just able to like duplicate each other's like exact <laughs> face as they hood up and they just cuddle up I just rolled to see if Greg like put two and two together I got I rolled a seven so that's a no <laughs> yeah two plus two equals seven yeah it's not gonna work <laughs> no <sighs> and with I that I Greg so much <laughs> All right, so last we left off, Tristan and Vernon had met up with uh, Mabel and Paddington, and I think you also were curled up in a, in a cavern, getting ready to rest up for a long rest. Yeah, did we end up um, like talking or discussing anything? I don't remember after the fight. There was like a brief like cliffhanger discussion. <laughs> But um, it was time for rest first. Yeah, it was like okay. all, all. I think it was like you. you heard, we talked a little bit about how we've been spending months searching for hops, and, and that was where we yeah cut. I don't remember what hops is. They hadn't really said they 
yeah, they had kind of dropped it, but hadn't um, hadn't said anything else more than that. So you are able to um, find some sort of um, respite within these cavern walls, and given some pa- given a little bit of a passage of time, unfortunately you're inside. So as you as you wake up, much better rested than before. Um, you know, the sun rays do not greet you. You have kind of no idea what time it is until you catch your bearings and think about it for a bit. But um, you do find yourself with a bit more strength. And, um, yeah, you kind of all come together at the same time and start packing up. Good luck, Shannon. You're going to be carrying the uh, weight of this conversation and the story from here on out because I don't have any uh, NPCs that would... Initiate the conversation, and uh, Nathan had to work late. <sighs> Woo! <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, Paddington's the first to pack. So, uh, you guys are kind of off the path, huh? <clears throat> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. How'd your story bring you here? Well, there's a lot that can go into that story, but... Let's just say that we don't quite fit in here anymore. We're not exactly on. We don't get along with the uh, royal establishment quite so well either. The royal establishment? There's not a royal establishment on Rolanus. Wait, I... His head tilts. Oh, I... Shannon didn't know or remember. Am I wrong? No, no, you're, you're right. Like, there are royalties... Yeah. But the idea that there's like one royalty. Right. Okay. 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 Would strike you as very odd. Oh, wait. I forgot. Ah. Uh, right. Things are different. What do you. No, I know that. And Mabel knows that. Kind of leans forward. But how do you know that? Oh, uh. So, uh. And she kind of glances at Vernon. Because. He gives don't. you a look. I, the blinking I guy meme. <laughs> I don't think that Tristana has actually told people she's from Rolanis, like, fervently. I don't right. think she has Vernon said... has an appropriate look based on his emotions mm-hmm. and reactions. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm from here, but not here as it is. They told me that it's not the same. You're from anymore. old Rolanis? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I'm definitely from Rolanis, you know, the world of fables, and not whatever this is. You remember the world of fables, then? Yeah, that's where I was, like, born in junk. Right. It is, um, not quite that anymore. Not my I open my notebook and I say, first, first mark. Oh, I guess I should put another one for this version of Rolanus and I make a You little... might want another book. It's quite different. Well, this is just my journal. This is like... But if you're back here, you're... You're leading a whole new life now. Well, I'm just stopping by, you know, uh... Looking for you guys, actually. Did we tell you that? Yeah, kind night? of. You did a little bit. And like we said, we're prepared to divulge whatever information you would like. But first, we're going to need a little help with our situation. Yeah. So yeah, what's going 
going on? He kind of um, puts a paw up for a second, you know, for pause, and then turns and kind of gets a little bit away from you to speak privately with Mabel. And he says, um, now, how sure are we that this isn't one of Melkor's spies being sent to ascertain more about what we know? Well, I mean... Can I roll an eavesdropping? eavesdropping? You can roll perception if you want, yeah. Well, I mean, you said they just sort of appeared for one thing, right? 21. 21. You're in on this. I don't know who Milkor is. I've never heard of that person before. Hmm. (laughs) He gives up, turns around. Fine. You should know that Hundreds of years ago, Melkor, king of the Iron Giants, made a wish at Ozen Tower. And when he did so, he completely altered the way everything works. A uh, hundred years ago? Hundreds. 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 900 okay, plus right. years ago. Wow, that's a lot of years. Yes. But I lived here like 200 years ago. We don't know exactly how it happened, but at some point, we believe that someone altered and rewrote the pages of our world's history. And in doing so, they allowed Melkor access to the Wishing Well. Now, you can roll a history check and see if you know anything about the Wishing Well. That is, I'm proficient in that, so that's a 20. So, long ago, long, long ago, in fact, you're going to make me dig up some old fucking notes. Hold on half a second. (laughs) Woo. So, here's what you know. Long, long, long ago, something came about that the world was never meant to possess Mm -hmm. brought forth by the dreams of a young boy who only wanted to see his father again the creation of his desires brought unforeseeable consequences what began as a reunion ended with the destruction of kingdoms for nothing more than the sake of conquest okay because what this child needed what he so longed for Uh, kind of the answer to his problem came in the form of something as innocent as something known as the wishing well. It's a small little well far west of, um, you know, traditional Rolanus, if we were, um, uh, like Southworth and stuff like that. Um, And the first wish was the wish of the boy to be reunited with his father. And he was. It's beautiful. But the wishing well never left. And not only was there the obvious um, chance for something terrible to go wrong, the wishing well existed off the path. And as you know, leaving the path in the world of fables could cause for all sorts of interesting adventures mm-hmm. well eventually um, 
kingdoms became aware of the wishing well. And when that happened, weapons were brought to bear. The world's mightiest spell weavers brought down arcane might not seen in this world before. Nothing had so much as left as a scratch in the decimation of the battles for this well. Those who had come to witness its destruction watched as it stood defiant against all of creation's most powerful relics and powers. Because at first, the wars were to possess the well. In time, the kingdoms became aware of the dangers of the well as wish after wish was granted and the wars escalated. More and more devastating until finally the kingdoms through the sheer amount of destruction and death, kind of decided, let's stop the well. Um, in their hubris, it didn't occur to them that they were the ones causing all the death and destruction. <laughs> they realized that the well must be stopped at all costs, which, you know, it's better than nothing, right? Nothing could stop the well. Finally, they had no choice but to call the guardian of Rolanus. Guardian of Rolanus, you would know with that history check, they possess absolute dominion and power over the core elements, the um, the building blocks, the core essences of Rolanus. They were called forth to make a decision about the well. On Rolanus, the Guardian is known um, for being um, kind of in charge, possessing the power of these four essences, the four building blocks, if you will, of uh, Rolanus. Um, on on Rolanus, they're called the four powers. The guardian wouldn't even summon the four powers. For whatever reason, they were afraid to bring them forth in the presence of the wishing well. With a simple touch of their hand, they realized what the rest did not. The well was built out of something called true purpose. It could not be altered. It was the very essence of Rolanus itself. There was no other option but to seal it away. They stood and alerted the kingdoms and all the people gathered that a tower must be constructed, but not simply a tower, a living tower, much like the living dungeons of the world of the seal one that would respond to those who entered and could keep all but the most worthy out. If someone could manage the trials of the tower and make it to the well, then they were fulfilling what Rolanus knows as true purpose, something above and beyond a simple desire. The architect himself was summoned, which by now you've obviously surmised is the same architect you're trying to get in contact with. They believed that through his brilliance and experience, that the tower would be able to completely contain and protect existence from the dangers that lie within. And he was successful. He constructed the tower in conjunction with the guardian and through the blessings of the various kingdoms. And it kept Rolanus safe forever 
from those that would take true purpose itself and through its will reshape Rolanus. And um, something must have changed. <laughs> so <clears throat> as you kind of start going through the story and explaining what you know about it, that's when Paddington, you know, paused for effect, right? He puts his paw up and he says, now there is, there is the problem. Maple and I, from everything that we've experienced, our travels together, plus the the history digging we had to do when we came back here, we've determined that for whatever reason, the architect never actually finished the tower. We know there is a version of our understanding where he did. That's That's... Much like you, we understand that that did happen. At the same time, something has changed. And now, he didn't. So do we have our own gray now? Tristana says, uh, expecting to befuddle everyone. <laughs> Our what? There are many colors across Rolanus, unfortunately. No, 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 like the gray. Like um, the, the color gray? Uh, no, it... Uh, so there's a world, it's called Obrimos. Uh, it has this, like, there's a lot of time travel. We didn't have time travel before, so that's weird. But anyway, there's a lot of time travel in Obrimos and, like, uh, timelines sometimes stop existing and then they go to the gray. Maybe? Sure. Um, maybe. I don't know. So maybe Arvalanus is in the gray. But the sure. Rowanus version of the gray, not the Obrimos. Maybe they're all the same gray. Because I'm... The, okay. Anyway, so... Sure. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> we know, and this might be a bit hard to follow, but we, we were able to survive whatever changed. And we spent... We sacrificed and we lost a lot to help restore our world to the, the best of our abilities. Not everything came back the way we meant it to be. And at that, he looks very frustrated with himself. Yeah, Mabel, like, looks down. I think Tristana also just, like, she's not frustrated, obviously. She's just sad. Like, it's just, like, almost a, a mourning of her world. We've lost a lot. Yeah. While attempting to do what we did, we had we had our own setbacks and our own failures. But at the same time, Melkor, we believe he had a hand in altering the fates of our world. Now, as much as we were able to salvage and as much of the world as we were able to bring back, somehow, Melkor ended up on top. Melkor is the royalty of Rolanus. He is in charge. And he seems to know much more about the way this world works than the rest of us. As you're probably aware, those, those of us savvy enough to have a little bit of an insight 
as to how Romanus kind of functioned. We were always told that great adventure lies uh, for those willing to leave the path. Oh, yeah. That's how I've lived my life. That is not how it works now. Oh. The path is sacred, and it is feared amongst the people of Rolanus. The moment you dare leave your pathway, your life is forever altered. Mabel and I have come to believe that this is some sick and cruel punishment devised by Melkor, who we have every reason to believe made it to the well over 900 years ago. He has altered the fabric of Rolanus. He believed that he was a um, immutable part of Rolanus's story meant never to have the autonomy that the rest of us did. He believed that he was there as something of a, I think he called it a villainous foil. Never, never would he have the ability to do what we do. Through his alterations, we believe that he has changed the way the path works so that those who would dare leave their destinies, their fates, would be irrevocably punished for them. Life becomes much, much more cruel if you don't do what you're supposed to do and stay on the path. The world of the path is a much darker place because of it. You should know, as you've already surmised, I believe, that magic is dead on our world. Well, I could still use it. Consider yourself quite fortunate. Mabel could too. And he kind of puts his, uh, his, you know, his paw on your shoulder to comfort <sighs> when she first came back. But when she left the path, it didn't take long before her magic was ripped from her. Almost as if the world was correcting its mistake. So I'm going to lose my magic if I... It's possible. We don't know. I mean, you haven't been on the path, so maybe... Maybe you will be spared, but we don't know for sure. If you wanted to, you could roll Arcana here, Callie, to see if you pick up on something. Okay. Oh, um, 22. You don't know what the four essences of Rolanus are, but you know one of them is not light. So... This Hikari, this essence that's been with her, if if she's summoning it because it's one of the elemental forces, you don't know where she got it. But light is not one of the elemental essences of Rolanus. <laughs> if, if she's summoning it because it's one of the elemental forces, you don't know where she got it. But light is not one of the elemental essences of Rolanus. So, whether you share that or not is up to you. <laughs> but, um, if Tristana, if this if this new adventurer is worried about losing their magic, and they're walking around with something that doesn't currently exist as a form of magic on this world, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a worry. I said too much. Sorry, I assume you got your elemental from Old Rolanus. 
Yeah, I, Hikari's been with me since the beginning, since I left Rolanus. Rolanus does not have light anymore. What? So, he's not one of our elements. I'm not sure what that will mean for for your your Hikari, you said? But yeah. You should be very careful. We should. Paddington looks down. I'm beginning to understand how much you might be sacrificing helping us. And I don't think I'm comfortable with it anymore. And he looks over at you and see what you think, uh, Mabel. Yeah, I mean... We could hold you to your word. We could drag you through these these tunnels. And we could have you help us find our prey. But you kind of cast a look over to Mabel. Maybe we should just tell them what they want to know. The longer you stay here, the more you risk losing much more than your life. Since since it's been brought up that she might lose Hikari, Tristana's just, like, devastated. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Hikari I mean, means everything to her. It's not really fair for us to make someone else sacrifice more. The light of Hikari dims a bit, and at first you might be scared that this is already happening, but you realize it's just Hikari being a little withdrawn, and you recognize that pretty quickly, but for a moment, you weren't sure what was about to happen. I... I want to help. I want to make this world right again. Well, if that's what you want, we could very much lose your help. We are tracking... We are tracking a most dangerous individual named Resnick. But we've got so much other stuff going on right now. We might lose all the worlds. Let me tell you what we're up against. And then... I believe I speak for both of us when I say that we will absolutely respect and support your decision. We're not the only ones, it seems, that knows the truth behind Rolanus. There's an individual. His name's Resnick. He's a ranger. You should know that um, those who serve nature are um, rangers are no longer the um, protectors of nature. They are the servants of nature. Mm, so the forest has gone a little dominating as well. Rolanus is a world of gods now. Oh. Where once you might Forgive me, I don't know your familiarity to such things, but were you aware of the entities that are the very essence of nature itself? Um, do you want me to roll for that? You could or? roll religion, sure. 14. So you would understand that each... Is this stuff about the concepts? Is, um, kind of right below that, right? So, um, the different, um... Uh, natural terrains of Rolanus were not simply like a collection of trees or the uh, a desert, right? 
each each kind of natural terrain, each kind of landmass, if you will, even um, each of those um, was the collection and the um, they were alive. Right. They had an entity inside of them. Okay. Yeah, I was implying that whenever I said. Cool, cool, cool. The forest. So, so yep. I'm glad I succeeded in that role. Yeah. So I know what I was already implying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, to get a little meta on it, if you were to go all the way back to the to the Shards of Stardust uh, campaign, right? They had an encounter with oh, a yeah. pretty powerful swamp that called itself the Narmal. Yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> yeah, you have a familiarity with the fact that each... Uh, natural habitat was um, itself a, a, a spirit of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. What Paddington is trying to impress upon you is that something about Rolanus has changed. And they are no longer spirits, but gods. So this landmass, this this forest over here is a god. The Narmul. If you if Tristana were to know who the nar- what the normal was, mm-hmm. is a god. What he's explained to you is he says, Rangers choose an entity, they choose a god to worship and serve. Gods exist in all of nature's forms. Resnick was a servant of the normal. He's one of the most feared rangers in the world of the path. Unfortunately, something's changed. He wandered off on some sort of mission. Not exactly sure why he left, but he found himself within the spirit temple. And in there, he was given a glimpse of the truth of the world of the path and how it differed as you and I know, from the world of fables, became consumed by this knowledge. And he wandered from God to God. He traveled from forest to desert. Anywhere in between, he demanded answers from each of the gods of Rolanus. Every answer seems to have broken him further until he became convinced only one conclusion. Somewhere in the spirit temple, he become aware he became aware of the storyteller. Wait, wait, the storyteller? Hobson. I don't Hobson. Well I wasn't particularly religious. Fair enough. <laughs> Respect. While the gods of Rolanus exist within all of nature, Rolanus is indeed a world of stories. For whatever form it's taken, that much hasn't changed. Hobson is the individual who first penned these stories. He is, in every way, the creator of Rolanus. I didn't really ever think about having a creator. I just, you know. Well, he he was the first to spin the tales of Rolanus. 
and therefore we have our world. But he has not written the stories of every individual. He only uh, wrote the first chapter, if you will. That's the understanding that I think we have. And he looks over at Mabel. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Well, Resnick believes that if there's a storyteller and the story is no longer to his liking, that there's only one way to bring about any sort of real change to our world. Resnick is on his way to kill the storyteller. What? He believes if he does, that he will then be in control of the stories, or at least find some way afterwards to restore our world. That sounds like the opposite of what would happen. Isn't this all because uh, whatever his name, Mil Mil Milcroft or whatever, uh, Milklor, he wanted to control the story? Isn't controlling the story kind of the problem? He nods to all of it. Yeah, it's not smart necessarily. His mind is shattered. He has seen far too much. I would think, if anything, you would want Hobson on your side, and maybe he could help restore Rolanus's story. Hobson, to the best of our understanding, is a complex individual. Because this is the story of Rolanus. Well, I mean, like, it is now, but it wasn't, and it some might even say it was a better story before. Well, therein lies the problem, because who's to say this is a different story and not a continuation of the story? Well, I... I don't prescribe to this. I just know from our dealings and our understandings of the way all of this works, this is simply the continuation. Hobson... By all accounts, much like his, um, for lack of a better term, brothers and sisters, does not believe it's their place to get involved in the stories of the worlds. That's fair, but I'm, I'm just, oh man, I want to argue with this Hobson guy. Sure. You get me. I'm preaching <laughs> to the choir here. I have been nothing. Yes, well, the point is. We all know, the three of us, and he kind of looks over at Vernon, who obviously is lost and can't keep up. Um, we all know something, for better or worse, about Rolanus. Rolanus is a world of stories. There will always be a world of fables. Because of that, stories carry weight. The story of Resnick has become more and more dangerous with each passing day. He is, at this point, what Mabel and I believe, for lack of a better term, we believe he's legendary. We believe that he is no longer a chapter. We believe that he has become something integral to the world of the path. We are very frightened by what he'll be able to accomplish because right now, he has managed to make his way from the Spirit Temple all the way here to Mount Wolovich, past the Horizon Walkways, on his way to West Cove. West Cove 
It's the only city that sits comfortably and has never existed on the path. It is completely free of the whims and the changes of the world of the path. More importantly, it is home to the Shrine of Stories. It's best we can tell, Mabel and I, the Shrine of Stories has a direct connection to Hobson. If he were to ever find Hobson, it would be through the Shrine of Stories. Man, this new Verlanus really favors the villains, huh? Well, it certainly does. Seems like it, yeah. We are desperate to catch him before he makes it anywhere near West Cove. We don't know if we can stop him because his story certainly carries more weight than ours. We've already lost so, so much. But that's part of the story. I'm sure you haven't... You have lived through an old world and you experienced it falling and came back. You are the hero. You're the underdog. He smiles at this. He takes a moment and kind of looks to Mabel and he puts his paw on your shoulder and he says, he looks right in your face. His eyes connect with you and with every bit of his core, he says this to you. You, like my friend here, are a child of fables. Never let it leave. I truly believe that as long as you are, there is a piece of you that will always be safe from whatever's consumed this world. Never forget that you are a child of fables. Now, we're on our way, doing everything we can to stop this individual. We believe it's going to be quite difficult. We don't know what will happen. And my problem is, deep down, he is a good man, but he's a man of faith. And a man of faith is the most dangerous, dangerous adversary, especially on a world where your narrative, your hopes, your beliefs are all the same kind of fuel. We've told you our story. We've told you what we need, but I don't know what'll happen to you if you stay on this world too long. I don't know if you'll become interwoven into the fabric of our stories. And I don't know what it'll do as he looks over Hikari to the ones that you care about. So whatever decision you make, that's the right decision. I promise you, I know what abandonment feels like. And I won't feel like I've been abandoned if you make your choice. And it doesn't align with our, our personal stories. Take a moment, think about it. Speak with your friends. I promise I won't eavesdrop like you did. <laughs> We'll await your decision. And with that, he gets up and he kind of walks a little bit away, hoping that Mabel follows him. But yeah, you've got a few minutes to make your decision, both Tristana and Shannon. 
because there might be things that do happen one way or another. (laughs) Okay, so I think Tristana kind of goes to the wall cave, like where there's still life. Life? Where there's still light. (laughs) Where there's still light. And she just like kind of starts looking through her book and like reading over her. Well, not reading because like doesn't have that much time, but like skimming over her story. And I think she's going you know, I'm assuming... Actually, she could go deeper in the cave because she has her personal light source. (laughs) But still. Um, I think she's going to turn to Hikari and she's going to say... My story's been building up to take on these nightmares... I want to save this. I want to save our home. But I might lose you. And I don't know if that's my story. And she's just like kind of doing the thing that she does where she's just kind of talking it out to Hikari and like also making sure that Hikari's on the same page. Yeah, as you find yourself closer and closer to your answer, Hikari's light kind of glows and brightens with you. But Hikari remains silent. Hikari knows to let you work through this on your own. Yeah, and I think the decision that uh, Tristana comes to is we came here to find a way to fight the nightmares. We have to fight the nightmares. This would be a side quest at best, and this mission deserves to be more than a side quest. This mission deserves to be the main, uh, a main chapter. And I think she just kind of nods at Hikari after that. Yep, and I think she goes over to Paddington and Mabel. So she's going to go over to Bear Bro and Mouse Bro. (laughs) Paddington and Mabel. And she's going to say, I'm really sorry. But this isn't where my story goes. I understand. What do you need from us? You've been to Mercurius since the nightmares overtook it? Yes. That's where we're going. <sighs> what was it like? At this point, Paddington is happy to sit back <clears throat> and allow Mabel to take the floor. <clears throat> to relive her trauma. 
Well, yep. essentially, this is a Callie can tell you as much as Callie wants you to know. So you're the strategy guide. Fill your party up with as much as you think they need to know, Callie. This is your chance. Well, the city, the nightmares have complete control of it. So the nightmares, I mean, they they can be anywhere in the city. We we were traveling, and they would just start coming out of places. And at one point, the entire part, entire part of the city, the, the street itself, started to close in on us like a mouth. Oh yeah, we've uh, we kind of seen some of that happening. Is a room, but in an airship, but when it happened to us, the um the street stretched and enclosed like jaws and threatened to swallow us. And it almost kind of did one or two of us, but they just barely managed to get pulled out. Although one of them doesn't have a face anymore, really. It kind of tore all the skin off his face. But gross. um yeah, it's pretty gross. Do you know of the, the tower of the or of the mirror walk? I don't know about the mirror walk. The tower <clears throat> The tower is a we we that was actually our destination when we were there. We were trying to get to the tower to talk to the architect. And I mean it was very well protected when we got to it. He was safe inside, but now that he's gone, I don't know what has happened to it. The nightmares there, like I said, they, they've taken everything, and if if they manage to, to swallow you somehow, there's a chance that you just kind of fade into darkness. Nothing. We just barely managed to get out ourselves. They did not seem interested in battling us as much as removing us from everything. Existence. They played off of our darkest fears. Yeah, that's kind of their whole deal. They just want to torture everybody psychologically till the end of time. Well, I don't know what it was like when you encountered them, but for us, they were endless. And they had complete control over existence, reality. It wasn't like some kind of respectable foe that would emerge or come out and then we would battle. They were everything. They were the streets, the windows, the roads, everything. At one point it just became all we could really see at all. It was just nightmares and little pieces of what the city was. Every time that we allowed ourselves to fear, they didn't even have to appear. They were in our minds attempting to swallow us. How did you get out? 
Well, we... We fought our way through. We fought... Once we got right outside of the tower, that was when it tried to completely envelop us. I remember at one point, my perception was that we are 30, 40, 50 feet in the air, riding waves of darkness, attempting to escape absolute absorption. None of that even is talking about what we battled, and he looks over at Mabel. Yeah, there was these, like, eyes. There were creatures that could, you know, get rid of your magic or your your healing. On there was one of the worlds that we traveled, we battled these uh, monstrous aberrations. They were comprised of just, like, one massive eye with a collection of smaller eyes scattered about the body. They were terrifying. Oh, right, and, right, a beholder. Uh, I wasn't aware of the name, but yeah. When we came... When we came to Mercurius, they were able to... Well, we had to battle something much like it, but far worse than description would pay tribute to. Which is why I speak of the fact that it was digging into our our darkest fears, our memories. It was... And I like to believe that I'm uh, tougher than your average bear kid, but those, uh, that what you call beholder has haunted me ever since battling it, trying to overcome it on that world. The dark, twisted world. And I am by no means surprised that when the city wanted to find a way to truly terrify us, it had uh, taken the same shape. But that's not the worst of it. Scattered amongst the landscape, each of its, its um, pupil-like appendages was the basis of different nightmares that we had encountered. We had encountered a particular foe uh, on a, uh, in a world called Inavasa. And that oh, individual, I haven't heard of that one. Well, I've the, heard of it. I haven't been there. The individual that we battled had used this uh, mechanical apparatus to... Uh, it would fire off and it would its um its claw would dig deep into your into your body and either rip you towards him or he would even use it to travel incredibly fast around the terrain. It was it it hit with the force of a battering ram and one of the, the pupil like appendages that we battled seemed to be the very essence of that battle. It wasn't just that we fought a, um, a collection of shadows that had taken the shape of that, the, what you call a beholder. Everything about it seemed to take advantage of the fears and the scars of our mind 
and recreated events from the past. We weren't just battling a, uh, a larger, darker version of this beholder. Each aspect of the battlefield seemed to be comprised of everything that we had ever faced. But you could do damage to it? We you were able to, to battle as we slowly made our way towards it, yes. But I I struggle to to impress upon you that that's what we faced. I have no reason to believe that you would face the same thing. They were very deep personal experiences. It will definitely personalize it to you. Whatever you bring and into Mercurius is what you're going to have to battle. And the other thing is, it was able sometimes to like, like reshape our bodies. I think it did that to our friend. It did that a number Tap. of times. It tried to do it to me. It just looked at you and your body just like contorted. And Now that's something that Tristana would not be too worried about because based on the little bit of understanding that you've had and the training that you've recently had with Alice, you know that that is something that is very much a concern unless you're a lucid dreamer. If you're one of the lucid, that's not going to happen to you. Okay. And so you've got some reassurance there, but what you might walk away with at that point is the fact that these people, as you kind of knew already, if you didn't know, you certainly know now, they're not lucid. And they walked out of the nightmare city of Mercurius. I still, so like I, Shannon is having under, uh, troubles understanding, like did they end up fighting their way out or did they just like run away? No, they like battled they their way out. These motherfuckers, um, I threw countless uh, it was save or hard, die man. death saves it at them. It was rough. It was rough. Like I was, I was throwing saves that if they failed, they oh. just, they would have lost their characters. They just would have straight died. And uh, this group fucking made it through. It was wild. At one point, we were like, I can't remember something happened where it like it swallowed us essentially, and we were all just like in darkness, and he didn't say anything. And I think he said like, if we didn't do anything, it just would have been over. Yeah. It was like until until we like said we were doing something that was just like. Yeah, that was really like kind of like really fun, but hard too as a DM is like I would I would quote unquote end the game. Like I would say, like, and you're swallowed by the by death and darkness, and you see nothing. And then I just sat there quiet, like, and it would like it was like a, like a minute went by. I think I think like the group was like, "Fuck, dude." Yeah, I think I was finally like, "I'm I'm gonna try to do this." Yeah, <laughs> or, and I'm then gonna, can I can I look for this? Like, can I do something? Yeah, it was. It's impressive. Like I, I should have, I should have had a TPK. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. It was yeah. it, it, it was close several times. It was one of the craziest, weirdest. It was epic. Of, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, it was like it was definitely like an epic ending for that one. It was like all oh yeah, the last several games were like crazy. But uh <clears throat> yeah, so that is something that would very possibly dawn, even if you already knew it, the reality that's really sitting in on you. They really aren't lucid dreamers. The things that they're describing, terrifying as they may be, that would have no effect. <laughs> yeah. Like reshaping the terrain and everything else, 
this is good knowledge to have. The idea that their bodies would have been affected, that doesn't happen to the lucid. And they're not the lucid. I mean, they can just control pretty much almost every aspect of the city. It's theirs. They are the city almost. That, and Paddington really nodded and goes, that is the best way to describe it. There is no city of uh, Mercurius. They are the city. Is there anything else we can do? Any information we can provide? I don't think so. You guys have told me so much, not just about Mercurius, but also about here and what this is. Do you, um, kind of looks down. Do you think when all this is over that you'll come home? Maybe then you could help. Maybe that's rude of me. I'm sorry. I just... Maybe you have your own life to live now. But... It's true. I don't blame you. I just have to make it through this first. Once you finish your business... If you wanted to, you could, um, I don't know. Join join our join our story. Yeah. We could be the heroes this world needs. We could always use more characters in our story. Like good characters, not bad ones, though. We have plenty of bad ones. Too many. The world of the path is a world of dark consequences and twisted exploration. So when we do say the world could use more heroes, absolutely mean it. Maybe one day, once you've taken care of your business, you'll be ready to come home. Until then, he kind of stands up, he's finished packing, he's ready to go. We've got our next chapter. You ready? I'm ready. Tristana shakes both of their hands. Mm-hmm. In Ekushin, she says, sorry, I'm trying to come up with something impressive. <laughs> yeah. Is there like any like colloquial, uh, not greetings, Same. but goodbyes? Like There is, um... The Rolanus one amongst adventurers is, uh, may your quill never run dry. Ooh. In Ekoshin, she says, may your story be long and your path be kind, and may your quill never run dry. And he, Paddington just has this big smile. He's kind of speechless. Mabel just, like, smiles. She's like, and to you as well. My quill is always ready to go. And with that, they wander deeper and deeper into the cave in an attempt to um, close the book on one of their stories, hopefully not their own. So, that leaves Tristana and Vernon to um, take a nap and uh, maybe find themselves in more familiar territory. But we'll find out what happens next time because that's it for tonight's game. Thanks for listening to our latest episode of World Walkers. 
I want to take a second to thank all of our patrons for literally making all of this possible. We recently revamped the Worldwalkers Patreon, so make sure to take a second and take a look over at patreon.com worldwalkers. You'll find our house rules, exclusive episodes, and soon, for, for some reason, monthly high-quality photos of my dog Tompkins. Um, I did not come up with this. You, the listeners, did. And I hope you're happy. Thanks to the musicians for making their music available for this episode, and thanks to Sirenscape for giving access to their work as well. Links to their work are available in the show notes.